Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. Our lesson this morning is from Matthew chapter 17. Listen for the word of God. Our ears are open. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is a wild and a wacky and a wonderful story that we have before us this morning from the Gospel of Matthew. We find Jesus going up to a mountain to pray. That's not so unusual. He does that over and over again. Oftentimes, he likes to go away by himself to pray, but this time he decided he wanted some company. So he brings his inner circle of disciples with him, Peter and James and John. Peter begins to pray, or Jesus begins to pray, and all of a sudden, the appearance of his face begins to change. His clothes become a dazzling white. He looks like an angel. The disciples are momentarily blinded by the light that is around him. And then when they are able to open their eyes and look back up, they can't believe it because Jesus is no longer by himself there praying. He's now talking with two men, none other than Moses, the lawgiver and liberator of the Hebrew scriptures, and Elijah, the fearless prophet. It is wild and it is wacky and it is wonderful. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah all appear together in glory, and there is no doubt in the disciples' minds that this is the inbreaking of God. This is Jesus imbued with divinity, standing in that long line of the law and the prophets of their faith, fulfilling all of their hopes that they now have a Messiah. Now here's this Jesus appearing in all of his divinity. 
But they also know this is the same Jesus that they encounter in all of his humanity, who encounters them and all of their humanity, the same one who takes them fishing and eats meals with them. They know his brothers and sisters, they follow his dusty feet down dusty paths. There's no doubt that this is still the same Jesus that they encounter on earth, but now he is transformed. Well, understandably, the disciples are awestruck. None so much as Peter. Peter wants this glory to shine on forever. And who can blame him? He offers to build some booths, some tents in which they could all just stay and live, basking in God's glory forever, reveling in the light, receiving the wisdom from God. Peter says, it is good to be here. Let me make you a home so we can all stay on this mountaintop forever. If you'll remember, at the beginning of our worship series, the very beginning of the year, we celebrated and remembered the baptism of Jesus. And we heard a voice at Jesus' baptism, God speaking from the sky as Jesus was praying, saying, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. These were words meant for Jesus in a private moment in the beginning of his ministry, identifying him as God's son. So Jesus knew that he was empowered to go face the trials and tribulations and joys of ministry and that he could do it because he was God's beloved. We started this Who Are You worship series saying, you are my beloved. Now, we again hear a voice from God speaking from the sky as Jesus is praying, this time not down by the river, but up on a mountaintop. This is no longer a voice meant for Jesus only, but it is directed outward to James and to Peter and to John. It's directed outward to us. God proclaims, letting the world know, this is my chosen one. This is my beloved. Listen to him. These are words now not said at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, but now towards the end. It's a crucial time when Jesus is about to turn and go towards Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city that is known for killing prophets. Jerusalem, the place that will murder him on a cross. Starts with belovedness. Culminates with belovedness. And God could not be clearer with those would-be followers of Jesus. God says, listen to him. This is the command for all of us in the midst of such overwhelming glory. The disciples are afraid. They fall down to the ground. Jesus gently touches them on the back and says, do not be afraid. So the disciples look back up. Moses and Elijah are gone. Jesus is by himself. He looks like himself. No more dazzling white clothes or glowing face. He says, we got to go back down that mountain. And don't mention to anybody about what happened here. So they listen to him. They follow him back down that mountain. And they tell nobody. These disciples are witnesses to a magnificent transformation, to transfiguration. That's why today is called Transfiguration Sunday. Christians all over the world are hearing the same wild and wacky and wonderful story. 
We stand with our brothers and sisters in Christ as witnesses to that glory of God that transforms Jesus's humanity into divinity and divinity into humanity all mingled together and this person, this Savior, this Messiah. There's a beautiful blessing for transfiguration by writer Jan Richardson that I want to share with you. It's called When Glory. That when glory comes, we will open our eyes to see it. That when glory shows up, we will let ourselves be overcome, not by fear, but by the love it bears. That when glory shines, we will bring it back with us all the way all the way, all the way down. Peter, of course, doesn't want to go down. He doesn't want to go down that mountain. He wants to hold on to that glorious moment that's before him. He's not ready to share it. He doesn't really want to re-enter that world where there can seem to be a lot more suffering than God's glory, more earth than heaven more humanity than divinity. But God says, listen, listen to Jesus. Jesus who knows that what the earth most desperately needs is the glory of God, is the shining light of God, is the good news of a God who says, Jesus is my beloved and so are you. Who says, you are called my disciples, who says you are blessed, you are salt, and you are light. You are made for love, to love even those who hurt you and persecute you. Who are you? Today, Jesus says, you are witnesses to God's glory. Now, none of us, of course, were up there on that mountaintop. We didn't experience that wild and wacky and wonderful story firsthand. But I think if we listen to Jesus, if we trust that God is calling each and every one of us, if we trust in God's blessedness, God's blessings for the world, for everybody in the world, and for us, we'll find that we can witness to God's glory because it is here and it is among us because Jesus Christ came back down that mountain and all of his divinity and all of his humanity to be with us and calls on us to open our ears and our hearts and our minds to God's presence among us. Where have you seen the glory of God? Where do you see the glory of God? Sometimes it does happen, right, in big, dramatic moments like a mountaintop experience. But often, it's just right around us in our everyday lives if we attune ourselves to its power. Often we find it down here on earth in the midst of our broken humanity into the everyday stuff of life, the good and the bad and the ugly. It's all around us. It's all around you, yes, you. This whole worship service in the midst of its blessings and its challenges has emphasized that every single one of us is God's beloved and is blessed and that God's glory indeed comes to us and that we are called to share it, to share it because we are the light. Where have you seen God's glory? Where do you see God's glory? For down in the 
earth and the messiness and the hard parts of life, sometimes it can be hard to know where it is if it's showing up. One way to start if we're having trouble is to listen to Jesus. Jesus who says, forgive, not once, not twice, but 70 times seven times. Have you ever experienced forgiveness you didn't deserve? Have you ever offered it to someone through prayer and discernment? If so, friends, you have been witnesses to the glory of God. We listen to Jesus who said, blessed are those who mourn. Have you been recipient of care from others when you've been mourning? Have you offered it to someone else? I know you have because this church does this over and over again, showing up for each other. That is glory. That is the glory of God shining in the darkest places. We listen to Jesus who says, whatever you have done to the least of these, you have done to me. If you have seen someone or you yourself have shared food with somebody who's hungry, clothing with somebody who's naked, water with the thirsty, visited somebody who is sick or in prison, and I know you have because this congregation does that in spades for each other, for our community, that is glory. That is the glory of God shining light, God's light, in places that the world too often forgets. Have you ever received a gift like manna from heaven when you most needed it and least expected it? That's the glory of God. We listen to Jesus who says, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Do you know somebody that's humble and kind, who always does the right thing quietly without need for attention or power, certainly not for their own glory? I know a lot of people like that in this church. And friends, that is the glory of God. It meets us most often when we are down off that mountaintop and the earthiness and messiness and humanity of life and pain and suffering and everyday moments to give us strength for the journey. We don't worship a God who chose to stay over and above in the light. We worship a God who came to earth as a human being to enter into our very lives and to know intimately what it means to suffer and to journey through that with us. I'm going to invite us in this moment to spend a little time in silent reflection and prayer, and I want you to reflect on the last week of your life in some places where you might have experienced the glory of God. It's a good practice to help us be intentional, to name it, to seek it out, so that as we're moving forward in our lives, we're able to name where God might be showing up. So I invite you to close your eyes. Take a deep breath in and out, knowing that that is the very spirit animating your life and your breath. And spend a few moments reflecting on your week and where you have experienced the glory of God show up. invite you to take another breath in and out, giving thanks for the spirit that is among us. 
Friends, this week, the season of Lent begins with Ash Wednesday. 6 p.m. here in the sanctuary, we'll receive crosses on our forehead and ashes, remembering that from dust we came and to dust we shall return. For six weeks, we will travel down the valley and through the wilderness with Jesus. It's a time where we don't avoid suffering, but we accompany Jesus on that path of suffering, knowing and believing that he accompanies us. We turn towards Jerusalem with him and we face the cross. How do we fortify ourselves for that journey? We hear the voice of God saying, listen, listen to Jesus, my beloved. Follow him. And we are unafraid to go to the dark places with Jesus down to the cross and to share the good news that his glory meets us even there. And we are witnesses, friends, to the glory of God, the glory that transfigures the Jordan River into the glorious waters of baptism, that transfigures daily bread and table wine into the body and blood of Christ, and ultimately that transfigures our mortal bodies into immortality, our perishability into imperishability, ultimately that turns death into new and eternal life, believing and practicing for that day when suffering and pain and tears, they will be no more. In the meantime, may we be a people who are unafraid to witness to the glory of God early and often so that when glory comes, we will open our eyes to see it, that when glory shows up, we will let ourselves be overcome not by fear, but by the love it bears. That when glory shines, we will bring it back with us all the way, all the way, all the way down. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. When you go, go with this blessing. Know that when glory comes, we will open our eyes to see it. That when glory shows up, we will let ourselves be overcome, not by fear, but by the love it bears. That when glory shines, we will bring it back with us all the way, all the way, all the way down. Go forth with that peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.